It's episode 49 of the Distracted Driving Podcast. I am your host, Sean Genovese. Welcome to the show. This episode features a hybrid guest, co-host, host, hard to say. Corey Rasmussen and I met nearly 40 years ago in the first grade. He is joining me on this episode. Uh, we are self-proclaimed nerds. We'll tell a couple of stories at the beginning of this episode that will likely convince you that uh, our nerd status is in fact true, including one story that involves a six-foot flame trailing behind Corey's bike. Uh, that's one of the reasons why this episode is called I Don't Really Follow the Rules. The other reason is the underlying and perhaps unstated theme of the episode. Uh, Corey and I both have engineering degrees. We both went to work after college for large companies, working traditional 40-hour-a-week jobs, and we have both since left that lifestyle to start our own companies. The reason for our respective departures from that life is what forms what we'll call the sun that this episode's topics orbit. And that sun is poor leadership. When Corey worked in a large company, he affirmatively decided he did not want to climb the corporate ladder because of the toll he saw it take on people and their families. Likewise, for most of my career, I actively avoided going into management because I did not want to be associated with the caliber of people I observed in those roles. That is, of course, a bit of a generalization, and there were some exceptions, uh, but the point is they were exceptions, not the rule. And that's what led me to decide to take a break from that life and instead try and help engineers and other technically oriented people uh, who are good at their jobs. I want to help them be confident, effective leaders. Because what I've observed is part of the problem is we take people that are good at what they do and we thrust them into leadership positions. And while they spent years in engineering school or a technical school to learn that craft, we expect that they'll be able to lead with no guidance or, or education or coaching at all. So my business partner, Stephanie, and I, uh, we, we try to fix that uh, through messy learning. And that's a combination of agile and improv and our decades of experience of observing what bad leadership looks like. Managers in the digital age, which is what we're in today, they need to be good leaders. And good leaders create conditions for their team members to do their best work. So that's what we help people learn how to do in our LOL workshops. If that resonates with you, head over to lolworkshop.com and learn more. But do it after you listen to this conversation between two very longtime friends. And when you hear Corey talk about why he started one of his companies, I think you'll realize why our friendship has endured over the better part of four decades. It's episode 49 with my friend Corey Rasmussen, who doesn't always follow the rules. So, Corey, welcome. Welcome Thank you. to the show. Um, we discussed earlier how we're going we're gonna to keep people guessing as to whether you're a guest or a guest host, or maybe you just clicked the wrong button and you're actually looking for a different podcast. I've never met you before, so this is kind of interesting to me, too. Well, in that case, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, I will. So we'll start at the beginning of Sean's life. 
So cool. way back in what, first or second grade, Sean and I met and we were best friends from like third grade to eighth grade. And then he moved away. What a jerk. So Sean and I have a unique relationship because we don't do things like playing kickball with everybody else. We were on the sidelines, uh, you know, sitting under the bleachers, charging up capacitors and stuff of that nature. So we were nerds from the get-go and still are. Uh, as for me, uh, I now live in North Carolina where Sean and I met in California and uh, recently reconnected because Sean... Uh, was at a new stage of life and uh, wanted to wanted some help on how to do it. And I had been running my own company for about four years at the time. So we actually reconnected for the first time in gosh, close to 20 years or so it seems. And it's like, it's like it was a day, man, except you had more hair back I, then. You I... <laughs> did not wait, go there. Hold on. Hold on, wait, wait, I have a button for that too, I'm pretty sure. Uh, kind of late now, you're, you're oh, diminishing returns, diminishing returns. Oh, uh, maybe this one? Nope, oh, I screwed that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. opportunity cost right there. Oh, jeez. There you go. Oh, oh now it's cringy. Um, wow, okay, so you covered a lot there. Uh, I, I have a feeling there were some people that were leaning in when you talked about us being under the bleachers. I myself wasn't exactly sure where that story was going to end. Um, but thank God it, um, it went where it went. There was no I, I do uh, have... physical contact between the two of us. And, and we weren't under the bleachers like trying to see things or watch things. Um, I, I don't even, truth be told, remember being under bleachers. I do remember sitting at recess on some kind of bench or lunch table or something uh, with an, a, a three by five index card box. So kids, if you don't know what index cards are, Google it. But a three by five box of electronic components and, uh, and we would just um, try to figure out what they did and uh, put things together. Um, there was one time where you came over to my house and we built a, uh, a what turned out to be a flamethrower bicycle. <laughs> it was supposed to be rocket propelled. It was not. So I found out why that didn't work later. <laughs> Apparently the combustion has to happen in the tube and not outside the tube. <laughs> the whole big thing. And then the nozzle shape makes a difference somehow. But yes, we, I wish we had a picture of that, but that was the time. We I like wish we did too. Digital. Uh, because I vividly remember Corey riding his bike down the alleyway behind my house with what I remember to be about a six-foot flame trailing uh, out the back. He's not exaggerating. Um, and uh, he didn't seem to be going any faster than he would Oh, no, zero thrust. Other than maybe it was getting a little warm back there and you were trying to outrun it. No, nah, there, there was no thrust. It was, it was a failed attempt. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't work, actually, looking back on it. I, um, I, I don't know that we went um, 20 years. Uh, I think that we have... It's been here and there. It was here and there. Uh, you came to see me when I lived in Texas. And, uh, and well, for the longest time, you didn't have a cell phone. And so... How's that changing um, I, It's just, it makes yeah. it more accessible. It makes people more accessible. Uh, you know, if I was going to call you, I had to make sure you were home. 
and and then you moved, so then you had a different home and a different number. Um, but yeah, I would say it was probably about five years ago uh, where we really started reconnecting yeah. on a regular basis. And and now here we are doing a podcast. Um, it really ratcheted up, though, when I uh, I left the uh, the corporate world, the nine to five, if you will, mm-hmm. and decided to start my own thing. And yeah, you've been doing that for a little while. Why don't you tell people um, what is the mentored engineer? I see the sign behind you sitting on the shelf. Sure. So I, I really kind of have two companies. Uh, my main source of income is Rasmussen Designs, and that is a uh, engineering consulting company. I specialize in mobile equipment and other types of machine design. Uh, and then I started as a side project, the mentored engineer, just because I, I wanted to, you know, I hate the phrase, but give back, you know, give back insinuates that I stole something from somebody else along the way. But Okay, thank you for clarifying because you said you hate the phrase. You don't hate giving back, you just hate the phrase. I enjoyed the giving, but, you know, give back implies that I took something that wasn't mine to begin with. I got you. Yes, and I'm doing it for the children, which is another one of my phrases. (laughs) That's the second time today that that phrase has come up in casual conversation. My apologies. I wasn't smart enough to put my cell phone on mute. Yes, uh, so Mentor Engineer started as a way for me to uh, start writing down a lot of my, uh, what I'd call tribal knowledge at work. Everybody's got this, uh, but, you know, somebody knows how to do something, and then they leave, and you're like, oh, crap, now nobody knows how to do that. So I wanted to start writing down a lot of things that I've learned along the way, help a lot of young engineers avoid uh, the pitfalls that I have uh, experienced or seen other people experience. So that's where that really started. And uh, during COVID, that actually changed into something else that I love doing, which is uh, roller coasters. So I had some money during COVID, and I had no clients, and I had some time. So I decided to build the uh, Black Widow roller coaster. Uh, Everybody says, oh, that's so nice that you did it for your kids. And I look at them funny, and I'm like, I (laughs) not my kids. You did say it was for the children. It's not for the, it's for me. So that's where that, that came from, and then I've, I've kind of, uh, well, if I do it, i got to up my game because uh, people actually like that. It's bringing in an, actually a, a very young crowd of engineers to uh, the site, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. And uh, currently building uh, coaster number three, which will be the first backyard coaster with three inversions, so excited. So now, let me pause you there. Okay, you're building coaster number three. Is Was the Black Widow considered coaster number one? That was coaster number one. Okay, then I, I must take exception yeah. because we did skip. We skipped a part of the story of the Sean and Corey history. Okay. There, there was an unnamed roller coaster back in the day, which was, I think, a Tuesday. At, at eighth grade, it was. Uh, yes. Back in 1993. Yes, that sounds about right. Um, now, okay, maybe maybe you're not counting it because it was not a complete. Uh, well, actually, did it ever get fully? We did have a ride, a... and they stayed off on the track for a little bit of it. Was it your sister? Uh, it was actually one of her friends, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's only like four feet tall, so it wasn't like terrible. But... <laughs> 
All right. Well, look, credit where credit's due. I would say then you're working on your fourth roller coaster. Or we can go back like the uh, the laws of thermodynamics and, oh, crap, the first is already established. Let's call this the zeroth roller coaster. I mean, we could, but that might be a little too nerdy for this audience. <sighs> yeah. So let's explain the laws of thermodynamics then. No, let's not. <laughs> uh, let's, no, let's go back. So you said something else that uh, I want to come back to. Uh, you started the mentored engineer to help people avoid some of the pitfalls that you fell into. That is, uh, I guess it's no surprise uh, that we go back so far um, and that that resonates with me as well, because that's that's something that's a big deal. I, I feel like I have uh, I've told this story many times. I've I've taken the uh, the, the long way home. <laughs> On many occasions, I spent six years, six short years in engineering school, and I love doing that. I love not spending six years in engineering school, uh, but I love lots of parties. Uh, I love conveying the knowledge and the experiences that I've had to others, so that hopefully they can uh, find a a better path. Which is kind of the whole point of this podcast, really. It's all about being distracted, uh, ch challenging the status quo, and not getting distracted on the path, whatever that path may be. Which brings me to another thing that I want to make sure we mention. Uh, the mentored engineer recently achieved a milestone, I believe. That is correct. I got a million views on that uh, on the YouTube channel, which is just exciting because that's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And there's been a lot of times I'm just like, I'm not doing this for months at a time. And all of a sudden, but not just a million views. Not just a million views. It was a million views within the last... Right, pretty much the last 90 days. So it, it kind yeah, of just... A million views in 90 days. Yeah. Not bad for a kid from Cypress, California. Who went to school with a guy like me. Yeah. Who also lived in Cypress, California. Um, true. Okay. All right, very good. So I just I wanted to make sure we got that in there. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, and okay, so now now here we are. Um, you're continuing to do mentored engineer. You're building the roller coaster. You're um, you're doing engineering design work for mobile equipment. Um, what I, I guess what was the instigating because i think we have this in common too what what instigated your departure from working nine to five into doing some of your own ventures uh so great question uh there's a lot of things thank you there's a lot of things that uh led to the decision to to leave uh some of it was just feeling very constrained in corporate america you know I'm not one. I, I know this is hard for you to believe, Sean, since you've known me forever. I don't really follow the rules. So sometimes that could be a detriment in corporate America. And uh, yeah. I'm sure, and career limiting. <laughs> I'm sure there's that, like a corporate dictionary and it's like, uh, you know, uncontrollable and it's got a picture of me or something. So that was one of uh, one thing. And also I was kind of running out of challenges uh, because I didn't want to be, yeah, I didn't want to go higher in the company as as it was. You know, everywhere I looked of a job that I wanted to have uh, was a lot of paperwork and a lot of. Um, I'll just say, you know, it took me away from what I love to do, which is engineering. 
Uh, and then I realized that as an engineer, I'm pretty much at the top of, you know, what I could, could make uh, monetarily. And so I, I started rolling all those things in and, and really it came down to, I just needed a different challenge. And I'm glad I, I did it. Uh, it's been, it's taught me a lot about myself and how I work. And uh, it's also freed me up to uh, take on other opportunities. I mean, just the, the last month, uh, or sorry, just last week, uh, there's a guy I hang out with and he's uh, almost 85, I believe, and still working full time. And he feels trapped at his, his job because he doesn't know how to get out. He does uh, commercial refrigeration and he's got a client list and they keep calling him and he's like, well, I guess I'll work, you know, but he doesn't want to necessarily work full time. He enjoys it, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, because he has to thing rather than because he wants to. So we're actually, gotcha. uh, looking at, uh, seeing if there's options there for him to sell and like work for somebody for a couple of years until he wants to retire or just transfers his knowledge and his clients over to them. So unique opportunity that I, I don't think I would have had any other way. So let, let me go back to, um, you know, you, you said you kind of got to the top of what you were going to be able to make. Um, you didn't want to go into leadership positions within the organization. You wanted to be an engineer. Um, I've, my, my path was eh, similar, but a little bit different. I, I actively avoided going into management roles for a long time because I saw what the managers were doing and I saw the caliber of people that were in management. I was like, I don't know if I want to be associated with that. Um, and then I, I ultimately did um, take that path. But along the way, I, I came to a conclusion, and I, I'm curious if this resonates with you, uh, in fact, I've thought about turning it into a book. Um, and the best way I can describe it is it's the big lies about corporate America or the big lies about, you know, just um, wh what it means to be a college-educated professional. And I feel like that big lie is we were told, okay, go to college, get a degree, and you will get a good job, and all you have to do is do a good job, and your your efforts will be recognized, and you you will be promoted, and success will just come your way. Right. So so first question is is that accurate? Was was is that kind yes. of what was portrayed to you? And two, do you agree with me that it's a big lie? Uh, so first of all, uh, my mom pretty much said, you're going to college from when I was, I don't know, eight years old or something of that nature. So it, in my mind, it wasn't even like an option. It was, you're going to go do this. And okay, I, I, you know, the one time I play along, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. The guy who just said he's not a rule follower. <laughs> I, I can understand for somebody else if they had uh, issues with uh, you know, not knowing what they wanted to do in college, maybe that's not a good thing. You know, I knew from a very early age that I'm going to be building things and designing things, so I might as well go get an engineering degree. And for the most part, yeah, that's 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 helped. Uh, but I think in our day and time, especially you know, since the creation of the internet, things are different, and uh, that's no longer true because you can you can have. You can learn a lot of what you can in college on YouTube. You know, just keep watching this podcast. Uh, the other thing is, is yeah, anytime somebody tells you that, you know, 
this is the prescribed the prescribed way you know do step a step b you know college graduate and then you have it made uh kind of just a fundamental misunderstanding of how life works uh the best example of this i've had is and i don't have it with me if you would have told me before i could have prepped but if you imagine like, no we don't like prep you imagine a pendulum uh you know you got it here and on on this side ooh, that's that's success right yeah, I was going to go there, but no. All right, you got success on this side, but what's on the other side, right? There's something else there. It's failure, all right? Most people live their life right here. And that that thinking of what you just said is, is living right here. Oh, I didn't try anything, so I didn't fail. I didn't, I didn't really succeed. And I think people think that, oh, if I go get a, a degree, I'm just going to live over here. And that's not true. You know, and you got to think about it. It's constantly swinging back and forth. And you can't, in life, drive success, right? You have to drive the failure shot. And our culture is very failure averse. So, you know, think about if, if I can fail at something, if I can do something and it fails, at least I moved it over here. So I have the potential of swinging over here now. And then it'll swing back. And maybe, maybe you decide to fail a little bit more and then go there. But what you want to get out of is, hey, I tried something, I failed, and now I never want to try again. Because that's a sure recipe for failure in life. Now, for those of you that are only listening, uh, Corey was using a pen to show how it's uh, toggling back and forth from left to right. I like that, um, I like that metaphor, though. Uh, and we said we weren't going to talk about thermodynamics. But we are now talking about physics a little bit, and and I feel like there might be a a roller coaster analogy here somewhere. Um, that that's interesting. Yeah, you 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 come over and you swing towards the failure, but now look at look at all that extra energy that can be used to bring you back over to the success portion. There you go. Yep. So the more you fail, the more you'll succeed. Uh, the more when you succeed, it will be awesome. So you said um, you said things are different now. So is it that you, you, okay? First of all, you agree with me that um, that that the way the way life was portrayed to us when we were growing up and and getting ready to go to school was hey, you go to school, you you get an education, you get this job, and success will come to you. Right. Um, and for the record, you said, I, I am glad that my parents pushed me to do that. Well, and I mean, I don't, uh, this is maybe perhaps the, the next topic, but like, I don't, I don't regret doing that either. I, I am happy that I got an engineering degree. I'm happy that I got a, uh, a master's degree. Um, I wonder though, today, as my kids are getting soon to the age of, of, okay, it's time to make a decision. Um, I'm not sure that I am ready to advocate that same path, at least not as blindly as perhaps, or universally as it was um, presented to us. So kind of with, with that in mind now, um, was it true at the time? So in other words, when we were going to school, um, or maybe even before we went to school, do you think it was true at one point in time that, look, just go get an education, go get and, and go get the job and do a good job and success will come to you? 
was that false or did something change to, to make that false? So there's a couple things. So I think it's a good plan overall. You know, generally speaking, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree opens different doors than would other be, otherwise be. But it doesn't make you a person of good character or somebody that people want to hire right off the bat. It just means you at least put up with enough crap that we trust you to do certain things. And you probably have a, you know, an inkling of how to do them. Uh, a lot of it just comes down to, to networking and, you know, gaining skills, always learning. Uh, but to say that following a plan leads to success is, you know, just kind of falls flat on its face. Uh, and I, I, I challenge you to, to, I challenge you to define what success is, uh, because success may be climbing the corporate ladder, which in my book, that is not success. That's the opposite of success. Um, I kind of, uh, I would rather live a lifestyle where I don't have to be rushed. That would be more successful to me than, you know, money or, or fame or power or whatever. So why, why is, uh, climbing the corporate ladder? Why do you consider that to be the opposite of success for me? You know, for other people, it may be, uh, I just see a lot of, um, when I was in corporate America, I saw a lot of, you know, strained relationships, especially marriages, uh, because they were always traveling or always trying to get the next promotion rather than, I just want to be, you know, with my wife and my, my kids and foster them and, and do what I'm supposed to do as a, as a husband and father. Uh, I saw a lot of, you know, divorce, a lot of, um, just, you know, like I'm going to be at work for 12, 15 hours a day. And none of those things just interest uh, were interesting to me as far as a long term. Yeah, I'll go and work, you know, for a couple of weeks to get a project done. We'll, we'll strain, but I don't want to be doing that a year from now. Thanks for listening to episode 49. Just to reemphasize something Corey just said a moment ago, a lot of people in his observation in corporate America, we're focused on climbing that corporate ladder to the exclusion of spending time with their families. And that is very similar to observations that I had. And one of the reasons why I avoided management for so long, I witnessed people who were only interested in the distance between them and the next promotion. And so again, not to be repetitious and not to turn this into a giant infomercial, but that that is why in our Lead Out Loud workshops, we teach strategies and behaviors that remind people in leadership roles to turn around and pay attention to the distance between them and the people who are following them. In fact, just turn around and remember that there are people behind you and stop spending so much time just looking at the distance between you and the next promotion. Uh, so I, I hope this episode lived up to the expectation I set in the preamble. If you enjoyed it, there's more to come with Corey. Um, if you didn't enjoy it, uh, there's other guests and other episodes. Um, but in the next part of our conversation, uh, or my conversation with Corey, we pivot a little bit and dive a little deeper into higher education, which has, as I've mentioned before, become a recurring theme on the podcast. Uh, while you wait for part two, which will be released next week, please consider heading to distracteddrivingpodcast.com. Leave a comment 
Uh, we'd love to um, engage with some of you, get your thoughts, uh, see where your heads are at after listening to some of these episodes and hearing from the guests. And of course, visit lolworkshop.com if you'd like more information about my leadership development workshops or to register for an upcoming cohort. They're small groups of uh, five or six people, so lots of opportunity to engage and really get some personalized attention and feedback and hands-on messy learning. So we'll see you next time here on the Distracted Driving Podcast.